Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight it's Strictly Mick and Tony plus one. We get to grip with the big stories of the week. We try and catch it with Adam Holland somewhere in the UK. He's on his epic run at the moment and he is actually running at the moment. So we're going to be talking to him live while he's still on his run. What could possibly go wrong with all that? Tony gets serious with another edition of Sports Thoughts and we look forward and back at the world of Radio Newark Sport. All this plus another round of what's now becoming the very famous Tesh Tony. Before all that, local and national headlines. And two massive local football results last night. The holders Collingham reached the final of this season's Floodlit Cup by demolishing Appleby Frodingham 5-0 in the final, in the semi-final. The final is against Pinkston and is scheduled for April the 24th for Ilkeston Towns Ground. Collingham will be taking a coach from Station Road while Pinkston will just cross the road and walk to the ground. Central Midlands being very fair about that one. Um, a George Aspin hat-trick and Sid Costa's last goal, the header, in the 93rd minute. You had to be there to see it. Fantastic football from them youngsters. Flow Serve Reserve moved within a single point of the not senior league Division 2 league leaders after beating Cockgrave 5-1 last night under the low field lights and I think they've probably got another at least two games in hand over the leaders so it's there for the taking Scotland Bosch Alex McLeish was booed as his side laboured to a Euro 2020 qualifying win over San Marino the Scots were unconvincing even in victory against the worst international side in the world Manchester United have appointed Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as their permanent manager on a three year contract I think we might come back to that one. Durham have appointed Australian opener Karen Bancroft as their captain for the county championship uh, season and the one-day competitions. Of course, he's just returned from a nine-month ban for cheating. Captain, straight away? Hmm. I'll stay in with cricket. The law regarding running out of batsmen backing up at the non-striker's end is known as man-cadding. I thought that was going to be a nine o'clock thing, but apparently not. It's man-cadding, and it's essential to the game, says the cricketers' lawmakers. What does our qualified umpire think to it all? And UEFA have charged Montenegro with racist behaviour following the abuse suffered by the England players on Monday night. Um, The Montenegro manager says he absolutely heard nothing. Everybody else in the ground did. Um... You for are charging them and it is going to be heard, the case is going to be dealt with by Europe's footballing governing body on May the 16th. Unbelievable. Is that Go- this year? Well, just about, isn't it? I mean, May the 16th, come on. I know I'm going to get a heinous fine. I've probably got about as much money in my pocket now, even on the wages here. As, that, as they're going to get fined. It, it, it's just... It, it's well, uh, well, let's come back to that one, because we always do the national stuff right at the beginning on the Thursday night, but I, I want to start local first, because there was two massive football matches last mm. night. Um, we took a trip out to Collingham and saw most of the game. We saw all five goals. Yeah. and Well, four of them, but we actually arrived. Well, yeah, OK. Oh, uh, I was looking as I drove up. Um... <laughs> That young team that Paul Lives got to, yeah. when they play football like that, and I know somebody said if they go a step higher or if they play Pinkston and Hupton and the teams like that, they won't be allowed to play like that, but they are good enough to play like that. When they played football like they played last night, they look quality. I don't know what people mean when they say when they play the likes of uh, Pinkston and Hupton. Do they mean they'll get kicked? Yes. I think those Collingham lads can take it. I think they can. And they can dish it back. I think they've grown up in 12 months an awful lot. I tell you, I mean, when when we watched um, the last time we were at Station Road and we went to see the local derby on the Friday night between Newark Town and Collingham, um, Collingham took a bit of a kicking in the first half, but they could handle it and dish it back. Mm. There's, there's nothing wrong with those lads. 
George Aspin scored an hat-trick at centre-forward, and he's one of those Daryl Price-like in build. Hmm. And they couldn't get near him, could they? They couldn't touch him. He is quick. Very, very quick. Uh, but as you said, Sid Costa's goal. Absolutely <laughs> superb. You'd walk a million miles to see a goal. I, 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 I always tell people, and um, as I said to you last night, I said to you all last night, we've got Hillier and Maskey coming in, mm. and one of the greatest goals I have ever seen in non-league football was Breeden's hard and low corner, and Maskey et- um, hit it with his head. And it was in the net and back out again before the keeper even blinked. (laughs) The closest thing I've seen to that was Sid Costa last night. But this was in, wasn't from a corner, it was in normal play. And the right back made half the length of the pitch to get onto the head of that header in the 93rd minute. When you're on about uh, Maskey's header, that was at the right end, was it? Yes, it was. All right. Yes, it was a cracking goal. As I've got no doubt he'll tell you about it in the... About three or four oh, weeks' nice. time. But well done to Collingham. I- I'm disgusted that the finals at Ilkeston Town Ground, all I was told by the Central Midlands people last night, was you've got to book these games in advance. Last year, they waited to find out where the teams was playing and then booked Retford halfway between the two. Why can't they do it this time? I really don't know. Ilkeston Town, it's not even a Central Midlands ground. It's, it's just... Um, it's very worrying when these committees come up with their great decisions... I think it's, it's poor. It, it, it's, it's poor. It's almost alarming is that the decisions that um, assistant that the, the referees assessors make. But, yes, you know. we'll come back to them. Uh, Flowsley Reserves move within a point. Um, well done to them. They've got to get promotion, Tony, because that club cannot to afford to have a team playing in step five or step six and another team playing in division two and not senior league. It doesn't work. Well, they can't afford i don't think any club can afford to play in a saturday league where two teams pull out with the uh, three quarters of the season gone i mean that's sunday league stuff that's what they've got to get away from that is not it? saturday football that is crackers okay let's um move on to man cadding hmm. um apparently man cadding um to put it bluntly it's um running out the non-striker yeah um the bowl that seeing that the non-striker's left his crease, which he shouldn't do, and basically whipping the bells off and saying, hey, up, mate, you've just been run out. Goodbye. Hmm. That's what it's all about. It's in the rules. This happened to... Um, laws. Laws. It's in the laws. <sighs> <laughs> Talking to a closet assessor here. Um, it's in the laws. Oh, that's low. Yes. It, it's, in, it's in the laws. And Josh Butler was um, run out by the Indian spinner Ashwin this um, week yeah. in the Indian... Premier League. So I thought I would task you with having a look at the laws and also an opinion of a fully trained and operating umpire. All yours. Well, long before uh, I read a single one of the 42 laws of cricket, um, I was umpiring um, a Sunday afternoon game at uh, West Bridgeford involving uh, Newark R&M and um, I, I, I didn't know what I was doing but I applied common sense to my decisions uh, without knowing the laws and I was um, witness to a bit of mancadding myself um, Bullfinch, the wonderful Jim Mackay who has now gone to uh, Beijing um I think deportation is such an ugly word. Um, but basically, the uh, guy at the non-striker's end was backing up so far, he was nearly halfway down the track. And Jim came up to bowl and then whipped the bales off and said, how's that? And I had no idea, didn't have a clue. But I thought to myself, that should be out. And uh, so I said to uh, Jim and to their batsman, I said, I'll tell you what, We'll call that our last warning, shall we? So carry on. And uh, made the motion with both arms sweeping in front of me to say dead ball. And uh, we had the delivery again. And um, now that I know the laws of the game, um, I would do exactly the same thing. Um, It's not actually in the book, but it is within the spirit of cricket, which is a very vital part of the game itself. This is the bit that... (sighs) 
again you're talking about a professional sport and ashwin actually did nothing wrong did he no the man cutting itself um came about um involving vinu mancad the indian bowler during his size tour of australia in 1947 in the second test at sydney at the scg we all knew that and uh mancad ran out bill brown when in the act of delivering the ball but he held on to it and and ran out brown who was backing up well out of his crease law 38 is the one covering runouts but mancadding is covered in itself these days under law 41.16 and it is out in the laws of the game if you do that to the batsman he is out but the spirit of the game is the first law of cricket it's not actually written down but it is the first law of cricket and it's the first thing you are taught as an umpire and if at West Bridgeford had given that bloke out it would have created a hell of a precedent because I was umpiring at both ends. They didn't have an umpire. I was the away guy and, and it would have kicked off. Them stumps would have been off more times. Yeah, I mean, I was given enough LBs for, 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 <laughs> without any need to do that. But, but I mean, seriously, you know, it was... Um, cowardice was the better part of valour in my decision. Look, let's... But let's, it was also the... Let's just call it a warning. spirit. Correct. But it was the spirit of the game, and, and 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 that's why you know I would do that again now that I know. And in, in okay, in the spirit of cricket, should Durham appoint Cam uh, Cameron Bancroft as the captain straight back from a nine-month ban for cheating? No, uh, Cameron Bancroft in the spirit of cricket shouldn't be playing the game anymore. There you go. You see, so you know, uh, cricket is in danger of. Uh, I mean, there's an opinion, and if you want to. Voice yours, 81400, leave a space, Newark. Facebook, radionewark.com, slash Radio Newark, or Twitter, at Radio Newark UK. It's quite simple, just voice your opinion. Tony's opinion is that Cameron Bancroft should not even be playing cricket again. Never mind about coming back as captain as a club. Let's move sports on to um, Manchester United, because all I've heard all day is <sighs> Ollie Gunner social. Let me just put my perspective into this. He's gone there. And suddenly the players have started playing football. I don't think that's anything he's done. I think that's what they stopped doing. They down tools for the previous manager. Rightly or wrongly, they down tools. Hmm. And they've picked them up again. And they're a decent team. And they're running it. He parked the bus in Paris. If Mourinho had done that, he would have got slated. He did it and got away with it with the hugest slice of luck when that handball was given. It was handball, but it turns yeah. out it wouldn't have been given. They got knocked out of the FA Cup at Wolves and was abysmal. I'm telling you now, he won't see the whole of next season out. Really? In my, in my opinion. I, I don't think... Um, when he was last in the Premier Division, look what he did at Cardiff. Yeah, but... I mean, That's still, he's still the manager. Yeah, but the, the, the players he had at his, his disposal at Cardiff are a little bit different to the ones he's got at Old Trafford. And they, they are a tremendous bunch of footballers. And they... People talk about the whatever, you know... Put the name of your club in here, insert here. The West Ham way, you know, the... Um... This is... Right, I'm glad you said that, because for your sports thoughts next week... <sighs> because what winds me up... I've only is, made up this week. Yes, you have. Oh, they've got to play the Manchester United way. They've got to play the West Ham way. They've got to play the Tottenham way. What the heck is that? Tell me next week, not now. Tell me next week. Because it just winds me up. They've got to play the Manchester United way. This is Manchester United way. Do what they did in Paris, parking the bus for eighty odd minutes. Well, as, as, as a Forest fan, you can't not park in a bus because that's how Forest won two Absolutely European cups. Absolutely not. Parking the bus. No, they defended their no, way to two no, European no, cups. No, no, you're miles away. Absolutely atrocious. Right, we'll put you on the back foot. However, the Manchester United way is attractive football. Right. And that's coming from a Leeds United supporter. Ah, stick it Let's I'm play. Not talking thuggery. Test Tony. <laughs> and of course, we. This is all to do with sort of birthdays and what happened in and around this time of year. So, Mr. Professional Journalist of a <laughs> lifetime standing, <laughs> we're going to start with a cricketer. 
born in 1968 on this day in Chennai, India. Sassin Tendulkar. No. (laughs) He played for Essex and captained England. In 68? He was born in 68. No, no, but I mean, yeah, but born in 68. In Chennai, India, he played for Essex and he captained England. And there's that many people out there in Newark World now shouting... Graham Gooch. Nasser Hussein. Oh, oh, come on. Oh, dear, hey. Football. This chap was born in 1965 in the town of Tipton. And he went on to score an awful lot of goals for his local club. His local club... Steve Ball. Yeah, okay. Well, you see, you're getting into it now, aren't you? So we'll move... (laughs) We will move away from sport, but you'll like this one. Born Today is a chat show presenter. I would say it was born in Cudworth. You would probably say it was born in Cudworth. Chat show presenter. Michael Parkinson? Yes. Hmm... On the 25th of this month, so three days away, but I thought you'd like this one. A cricketer. Oh dear. I've not got a good record on cricket tonight. Knott's batsman. Yeah. A thousand first class runs on five occasions. County <sighs> Championship winner in 1981. And he was the first Knott's batsman. To score 5,000 Sunday League runs. Wow. No? Um, no, not even a guess? Chris Broad? No, well before then. Did I tell you how old he is? No. He's 75 today. Oh, right. Uh, he was born in 1944. He was actually your hero, Jono. Jono was what he classifies as gardener. In other words, he had to put everything right for him. We're talking about a wonderful cricketer that I saw quite a bit of in my time. Um, And these two, him when he was batting with Jono, is something to be seen. No. Basher. Basher. Hassan. Oh, dear. Basher Hassan. It's his, it was his birthday. Basher is a lovely fella. Birthday a couple of days ago. Um, I, I was very fortunate to uh, be invited to um, Newark Club, Newark Town Club, when Gary Sobers, Sir Garfield, was the guest of honour. And uh, as I knew the president at the time... You got him for nothing. I got him for nothing. Yeah. Not only that, I was on the top <coughs> table and I was sat next to Gary Sobers, who didn't say a word. <laughs> Absolutely stum. The lousiest dinner partner you could wish to have. And Basher was his tour guide, his, uh, his golfer, fixer for the night. So Basher disappeared and got a bottle of rum for Gary. And I turned round to Gary after about um, three or four glasses of this rum and tried to break the ice and said and I said to him so did you play cricket then mate and he laughed very very loudly and we had a glorious evening (laughs) together and uh, it was absolutely brilliant night and and a a lovely fella we'll end up with an easy one in 1962 Lance Gibbs took eight for six against India who was Lance Gibbs? Uh, as, as a bowler. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who did he play for? Um, oh, this is a really bad night, isn't it? Oh, Remember, he's a cricket umpire. He's a typical official. He knows nothing about the game he officiates. <laughs> <laughs> Where have we heard oh. that before? Lance Gibbs was a West Indian, West Indies spinner. Uh, Spin bowler. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I'll... I'll um, you failed miserably tonight. Let's have a bit better effort from you next week. I've, 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 I've had no chance whatsoever to sort of research. That you shouldn't research. You're a professional journalist. You should know. 
What I got paid at the advertiser was hardly professional. That involves money, doesn't it? Failed miserably. Let's <sighs> see if I can avoid failing miserably and I can find somewhere between John O'Groats and Land's End, oh. the one and only Mr Holland. Only this show would attempt to go live to somebody running on the side of a main road in the dark somewhere in Scotland. And when you find out that somebody is a great friend of this show and a great friend of Newark, and he's on an epic journey, it's time to say once again hello to Adam Holland. Adam, hello. Hello, everyone. Hello, then. Right. Um, you're, you're still out. It's a big day today because you, you're still out running. But how many miles today? Um, what, in total? How many miles have you run today? Oh, today, so far, about 52, I think, or 53. 52 miles you've run today, and you've still got how many to go? Uh, well, I, I know it's about 61 or 62 miles today, in total. And this is what, day four or day five? Day seven. Day seven. Time flies, don't it? It was Friday when you started, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, crack. Um, so, day seven, how many miles have you done? How many miles out of John O'Groats are you? Um, da, 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 I'm just trying to work it out. About 340 So, we must be getting, what, close to Glasgow, Edinburgh area? Where are you coming down? Yeah, not too far away, I don't think. Are you on schedule? Uh, yeah. You're on schedules, and so, a late, I mean, this is half past seven night, it's probably going to be half past eight, gone before you finish, um, something to eat, straight to sleep. What time will we be up again tomorrow then, Adam? Start again at seven tomorrow, because tomorrow it will only be 48 miles. Only be 48 miles, well, that's just a gentle jog, isn't it? Okay. Wh when are you expected to hit Land's End? Um... I can't remember the day. <laughs> seventh, I think it was. About the seventh, because this is the gentle. This is, this is the gentle trot down, isn't it? Really, the, the, the hard work begins when you turn round. Yeah, when I try to attempt to go back up faster. Yes, cause it's uphill all the way, and you're trying to try and do it in what nine days? Nine days is the target. Nine days. What? What's been the highlight so far? Uh, today, I had two schools come out and I got lots of high fives. You'll be able to see that on my Facebook at some point today. And of course, you, you, you people can follow you, as you've just said. Just tell them how to find you and how to follow you. So you've got my Facebook, which is Adam Tango Holland. It has more or less mostly information, the trackers, my donation page which has now reached just over 2,500, which I really appreciate. Brilliant. Well done, everybody. That's um, absolutely... ways, but I'm sure people will work it out. Ab absolutely fantastic. We're all sort of root and rooting for you, Adam. What, what's the safety? Because, I mean, I've been sort of looking on your sites, and I think you was running down um, the A82 the other day. It's, it's a bit nerve-wracking, Adam, isn't it? Well, sometimes it can be, but it isn't too bad. Hopefully when you get into England you can get actually off the main roads and life will become a little bit easier. Well, I preferred the what those kind of roads to running through the city where I had to uh, jump up and down and this was all the traffic. It was horrible earlier. Right. Well, look, Adam, you, you look after yourself. Stay safe. We will try and catch up with you on Monday or Tuesday again of next week. Sounds good to me. I'll send you a quick message and um, we'll try and catch up. But as I say, stay safe. We're all rooting for you. The best of luck. And then uh, up it all the way back. But I'm sure when you get to Devon, Catherine will be there ready to wave to you. And that, and that, and that will spur you on. Definitely. And the rest of them. And the, and the rest of the gang. Brilliant. Adam, thank, thanks for taking time to talking to us while you're still out running. You're welcome. Thanks, Have mate. Well done, Adam. Keep, keep, keep going. Will do. Bye. Uh, 61 miles today, then he gets up at 7 o'clock in the morning to do another mere 48 tomorrow. Yeah, it's some milk round, that is. That <laughs> <laughs> boy is... I don't think he's near Glasgow yet, because he clearly hasn't been mugged. <laughs>
Well, 300, best part of 350 miles from John O'Groats, he can't be far off, can he, surely? No, but I mean, with, with Adam... It was Lot Lomond yesterday. Yeah, but I mean, with Adam's sense of... Uh, well, I know, but... <laughs> as long as he keeps pointing south, he'd be all right. If I had a pound, I'd put it on the fact he's on the outskirts of Paris. <laughs> Oh dear, we do wish we, we do we do wish him the best of luck, and we're going to try and follow. Her, but you know, I mean, it's fantastic to actually do it. But then to turn around and go back in nine days. Hmm. When he, he ran a marathon in Cyprus a couple of weekends ago, yeah. it's just. It's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a machine. It's it, as it, as that. it does help when you're completely crackers. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yes. So uh, he's, he's got that in his favour. Yes, I think you would have to be, wouldn't you? But he's 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 he's, he's lovely in crackers. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that as a bad thing. Absolutely lovely. He's uh, he may live in Devon, but he's still uh, he's still an adopt <laughs> adoptive son of this show. <laughs> right, let's get serious because we always do. We've done Tesh Tony, which is a bit of banter, but um, we always then like to. Um, well, it's, it's, it's banter for you. You've got the answers in front of you. Haven't this you? is true. Um, and you're the professional. This is um, this is sports sports, which he used to do. Sound like which he used to do when, <laughs> when when he worked um, for a living. And it, he picks a subject every single week. He gives his thoughts, and then we debate it, Mister Smith. As a Scotland fan, I've quite enjoyed I've quite enjoyed charting the fortunes of the England team ever since 1966. Particularly the following year, and the fine three-win, three-two win at Wembley, which laid claim to whisky-fueled beliefs that the Scots then logically ruled the footballing world. As a Scotland fan, I posted on Facebook on Friday night, "Wow, England! It's just like watching Kazakhstan." Still, enough about my glory hunting. I've watched England labour through their various phases of mislaid promises particularly the golden generation when Beckham and his Galacticos were the best thing since sliced bread and then proved to be nothing but burned toast. That's the problem with the English national press. They build up the England team prior to tournaments with their gushing predictions and then sell yet more fish and chip wrappers as they drag the England team down to their level, the gutter. England players begin campaigns like Lions at the start and... Mid, at the start of and mid-season when they are fresh and raring to go. And then they end up in the summer tournaments looking like lambs as they drag their tired limbs through another round of games when they should be lying on beaches and recharging their batteries after a long and hard season. And don't give me the stupid line about the money they're on and how they shouldn't get tired. They're human beings. If you're knackered, you're knackered. It doesn't matter how much is in your wallet. But then Gareth Southgate comes along, a young manager who can still relate to the players, who gets them playing good football and takes them to the semi-finals of the World Cup until they play someone good. But still, I settled down in front of the radio on Friday evening and one of the experts said, don't get me wrong, but I've got a good feeling about this England team tonight. I thought, here we go again. But they were good. 5-0 is an impressive international scoreline, and Gareth Southgate is a really nice bloke. Perhaps England may be about to make the country proud again. While Scotland continue to book an open-top bus tour every couple of years when we win a corner. <laughs> I, I, never be, I wasn't, as you, everybody knows, a Gareth Southgate fan, but I'm, I'm, I'm warming very much yeah. to, to the man his comments that he made all the press wanted to talk about after the match on Monday night was obviously the abuse and that's okay that's that's what the press are for nobody wanted to talk about the football but he answered the questions about the racial abuse absolutely wonderfully yes he um, really did he, he's, he thinks what he's going to say and he says it absolutely on the mark um, and, and all credit all credit to him. I was going to say he speaks like a politician, but actually he does make no, he sense. makes decisions and yeah, sticks to them. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we're almost going back to basics. He's got two wingers out there. The young, the fast, and the hungry. Yeah. <laughs> and it's almost going back to how me and you grew up loving our football. Play with two wingers. 
soured the, the whole morning. Then I went to Lowfields in the afternoon to watch a football match and it wasn't a football match it was i'm not sure what the words are but unfortunately for one reason or another um it wasn't the spectacle that anybody wanted to see um and i'm not going into details because we did that on monday so i'm not going into details but i was so disappointed at the end of at the end of last saturday yet my team the hockey ladies won and my team the footballers also won but there's a little bit more tony yeah it's just um it was unfortunate that um saturday turned out like it did um because um the match officials um didn't cover themselves in any credit whatsoever the traveling supporters from ingles were an embarrassment to the club as were the people in the dugout and uh, it's just a, a, a shame that they came with that attitude. And if there's anything about them, they would have made total advantage of the fact we were reduced to nine men. And uh, because of pathetic decisions by the match officials. And But they weren't good enough to beat nine men. In fact, they lost 3-0 to nine men. So, you know, cheerio back to Leicestershire. See you, lads. It, 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 it soured the day, though, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, it soured it with Sarah's injury, and it soured it with what happened at Lowfields in the afternoon. First person I bumped into when I got to Lowfields about one o'clock was Sarah Pask on crutches, and I went, what, what, what have you done? And uh, she was, you know, people who know Sarah will be very, very surprised at what I'm going to say next, but she was speechless. <laughs> you know, and uh, it threw me. I thought, good God, the girl must have suffered here. I, um, we purposely didn't let the flow serve manager comment on the match officials, hmm. and we purposely did let Paul Halfpenny have a free reign. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't expect him to be quite as forthright as he was. No, he was a one angry man. Yeah, I mean, he he, he has every right to be angry when something like that happens because um, if. Um, and I've got to be careful what I say as a Leeds United fan, I know. But if people think the only way to beat people is by kicking them, or, you know, even worse, in hockey, whacking them with a stick, with your two henchmen, and it's part of the deal, then, you know, I mean, it is... What's the point of playing it, eh? Yeah, exactly. What's the point of playing it? What's the point of doing this? What's the point at all? And that's how I felt on Saturday evening at six well, o'clock. Uh, I, I drove home after the floor serve game, and I thought, we won 3-0, it's another three points, but really? Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. And and I can actually say uh, what I like about the match officials and about the sort of quality of the opposition because I'm not employed by the football club. I'm employed by the chairman on behalf of the football club, so really, you know, I mean, I'm not speaking for floor serve when I say this. I'm, I'm speaking as somebody, you know, who happens to work on behalf of the club. Let's hope for a better day this weekend. Some youngsters, some of our youngsters, I, I, I did have a good week in Jasmine Braithwaite, Riley Picker at the running, Freddie Polak over there in, in Germany with his speed skating, Megan <laughs> Stevens, Maddie, um, Maddie Cross representing um, the New York uh, ladies, uh, ladies. Lauren Workman's come an awful long way in her young boxing career and she's now got a, vic a victory under the belt cracking weekend for Lauren Ethan Dakin we hear about him every week at Fernwood Sword, Sword Club Leon Finley Bass and Long Benny and the Long Bennington lads the under 18s which all but won the championship mm. at the great rival Skegby so yes while me and you had a Saturday to forget they had a weekend to remember so you know you ain't got to look too far have you and just very quickly um, our guests of this last week We've gone from one extreme to the other, if you like. We've gone from the youngsters of Coddington School telling us what they was doing at school with a, an enthusiastic young sportsmaster who is there every night after school putting different things on for them. Yep. And those kids that came in related to him, mm -hmm. he related to them, and they spoke so well and well done, everybody at Coddington School. And then last night... We sat back and listened to the life of Owen Yeomans. Um, 
and the Newark Athletic Club and a little comment that he made from his early days in the Second World War, if you like. I said to you on our drive over to Collingham after the show that the beauty about radio, more so than television, is it paints pictures in your mind. And when Owen was telling us about growing up on the, uh, the, 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 the coast there in North Wales and as a, as a young kid looking over towards Liverpool and he could see the two cathedrals and he could see the bombs dropping on Liverpool and, you know, it, telling that story. I mean, if, if, you, if, if, if you listen to it, it was just quality, quality radio because of the pictures it painted in your mind and to, to, to a young kid it looked like fireworks but there's people dying out, out there, you know, and, and it was just awesome radio and uh, when we finished the, the, the radio i walked out and said to one of the producers outside that was award-winning that was radio gold mate Sorry. and it, it was just it, owen yeoman's ever since i've known him has been an enchanting bloke and last night it, it, last night's 60 minutes encaptured that perfectly coming up next we look at what's happening this weekend and will we have a smile on our faces come saturday night this time round. So, having already told you that it's all kicked off at the hockey, it actually all kicked off at the hockey in the afternoon as well with the officials. Um, it was it was twice down at the Magnus on Saturday. Paul's never seen anything like it in his life. <laughs> and, of course, while it was all kicking off at Lowfields as well, this week we expect a much quieter yes. week, Tony. So, South, with Southall relegated and Newark safe, you may think that the rugby local derby at Park Lane becomes an end-of-season meaningless match. <laughs> Don't be fooled. Um, local pride and um, uh, it means too much. Um, so I don't. I expect a big crowd. I expect a lot of banter, but I also expect. Uh, okay, let's worry about the rugby boy eventually. Yeah, I mean they used to leave the ball off for the first twenty minutes in those fixtures, didn't they? But um, you know th things have. Uh, I think things have calmed down over the last uh, thirty years since I started uh, reporting on those fixtures, but. Uh, <laughs> Not a great deal. Not a great deal. So um, <laughs> all all sort of eyes, if you like, will be at um, Park Lane on on Saturday afternoon, three o'clock kickoff. Southfield against the because you know, I mean, whatever we spoke on Monday night, the the veterans played each other, didn't they? Newark and, and Southfield veterans played each other, and Mark Ellison scored the winning goal, not for the first time. But you know, I would suggest even in that one, there was a little bit of an eagle. No. No, no. I actually, right. actually, actually watched most of that game, and it was, it was just, it's absolutely lovely to see people play within themselves. They're obviously still got it, but they can't do those lung busting runs to get the ball, and so they play within themselves. And Michael Allen has still got it. it Michael it, Allen never did lung busting runs it, in the first it, place. He didn't need to. My, Michael Allen still looks like a cultured midfielder. Oh, he, he's just, yeah, she's absolutely joking. I remember Michael Allen when, because my daughter's the same sort of age and he was the, the heartthrob of the year. You know, when, when they was all he? growing up. Oh, yes, he was, he was, you know, Michael Allen What was the catch. Oh, really? Oh, definitely. That's, that's embarrassing if he's listening. Newark flow serve. Rupert told me it was him. Yeah, right. <laughs> Rupert <laughs> would, yeah. <laughs> Newark flow serve played their last home match of the season and we're, we're still in March. It's amazing. It really is. Um, um, it's another argument. Why do you need floodlights? I think they played one game under floodlights, two league matches under floodlights. One, two... I think we've probably... OK, had... you get three o'clock kickoffs, I understand that, but... Yeah, I think... Actually, night we've, matches I think we've at prob home? We've probably had four night matches, yeah. At home? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. In the league? Yeah. Uh, well, and, and, and cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's about one in the league. Um, anyway, the works need to win to maintain themselves and drop two points last night to keep everybody interested. Yeah, that's now but four it was points. two nil to Clifton yes, Hall, with yeah. ten minutes to um, go. And as we all know, there's nine runners-up positions, but, you know, Shearer was only two points behind. A lot of this, you know, is going to go to the last match of the season when Selston play Sherwood. That's the last match of the season. And if both. it does go to Selston versus Sherwood... You don't know who you want to win yet. Sherwood will win that game because Selston will throw it because that's the kind of people they are. If they've won it by then. Who knows? There's still seven matches to go, but it's still... It just opened the door again a little bit last night. Um, let's hope the players are allowed to take centre stage this week and not 
an overzealous match official. In other words, wouldn't it be nice if it was a game of football? Well, I was just wondering what overzealous would be after nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> this is going in print tomorrow. That's why it's Dr. Overzealous. <laughs> uh, New York Town entertained Askin at Station Road. Manager Damo Parkinson already looking for next season. Lots of new personnel coming in. And the club are finally looking forward to playing no matches back in Newark, which is something that we've all wanted, as good as Conningham is for them. We've all want, we, everybody wants them back in Newark. Yeah, too, right. I mean, um, I always used to say that um, it's my um, lifetime ambition to see Newark Town play football in Newark. You know, my lifetime ambition to report on Newark Town playing football in Newark. And, uh, you know, then when things changed at the advertiser, it became my lifetime ambition to support Newark Town in Newark. And I, I really think once they get back on home soil, it'll make the world a difference to that football club. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely sure. Yeah. I'm absolutely sure you're right on on, on that one. So uh, that's um, that's three o'clock. At, this one's three o'clock at Station Road on Saturday afternoon. The pick of the youth matches look to be Cup Farnden Colts. They're at home to West Bridgeford on Saturday morning. That's at the Magnus at half past ten. And RHP Colts entertain Skegness Tan at the Sports Village on Sunday afternoon. Um, two quarter past two kickoff. For Gary Atwoods and what do we call the Sports Village? Do we call it Elm Avenue or do we call it Bowbridge Road? Well, I still call it the Grove, so I should suppose I, I suppose I should call the Sports Village Elm Avenue. I think it should be Elm Avenue. It should be Elm Avenue, but I'm being politically correct tonight. <laughs> um, <laughs> after last week's excitement, the hockey ladies' season draws to a close. I think it finishes too early, you know. Mm. I really do. She's keeping playing for another month at least. Um, draw still <laughs> close with the the ones travelling to Belper for their last match of what's turned out to be a mixed campaign. But um, Paul's been happy with it, so that's um, what matters. Easy expert. The men also end their season tomorrow <laughs> with a trip to North Knots, which means that on Monday night is the last time we're going to be talking to Paul for a few weeks. Mm. And that's always sad because I, I do love the Monday night phone. You you've You've homed in on them yeah, was, fairly uh, well, haven't you? As, as I said on, on Monday, uh, when the football lads are talking, and I know what they're talking about, and so I'll, I'll listen and, and, and join in. When rugby lads are talking, anybody who's read my stuff over the years in the advertise will realise I know nothing about rugby union whatsoever. And, and hockey, I know less than that. And when, you know, when Rob Wildman talks, I, I, again, it was like, it's like Owen Yeoman's been there. I just curl up and listen and then just paint the pictures. It's lovely. But when Paul Halfpenny gives his hockey report, they're so good, it feels like being there. And it is, he's absolutely bang on. He's spot on. He is. Um, New York Athletic Club president Gareth Bagley is spending the weekend watching his son Tim race in the World Cross Country Championships being held in Denmark. Ooh. Which is uh, very nice. Um, he gets about a bit, Gareth, G- doesn't he? Gareth told me that he was going while England was in in the European community and coming back when they wasn't. We got that one wrong, Gareth, didn't you? <laughs> Yeah. Um, a bit closer to home, and the Jaguars, <laughs> <laughs> Jaguars Wiltshire Basketball Club um, will be in Middlesbrough to play the Tees Valley in a National League fixture, and I just bow in wonder to that club. I, I, I really don't think we should get on to Brexit. I, no. I always thought that was what happened to a chair when I sat on it. <laughs> Yelf. Um, um, <laughs> a lot closer to home, and... Um, a very busy Sunday for the um, our, our tennis players. Um, the men's doubles team travel to Burton Joyce, while the ladies' um, doubles um, they go to West Bridgeford. Speed skater Freddie Polak is in Sheffield for the British Championships. Expect great things from Freddie there, I think. Um, and it's the Belton Horse Trials this weekend. We're near where I work, over next to Belton House. Um, Tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday. Yes, I don't shake your head because it's going to be absolutely. Th- those, those horse trials are an absolute waste of time. They always get off. It's going to be absolutely packed, and uh, if if you're um, a bit equine minded, then that is going to be <laughs> the place to be. But the runners are also there on Saturday morning because they're running from Belton House up to the top of Belmont Tower and oh, back yeah. again. Now I've walked to the top of Belmont Tower, and. Uh, it's tiring. 
it's very tiring it's a long way up to belmont tower so the best of luck to all them it's a, it turns out to be a 10k um best of luck to everybody there because i'm sure striders and not fast and a few maybe even athletic club members will be doing that's another busy weekend of sport as we get closer and closer to talking about cricket <laughs> says he and he can't wait next week's guest on this show um a return visit for both our guests on tuesday james brinkat smith is coming in somebody who you took to mm. um, when he first come in because I, I he, you know i tony says who's the guest going to be i says it's powerlifting tonight and he says what <laughs> and um james come in and told us a story from when he was in the forces and you know we've heard it we've heard this one before too many times of dark days yeah. but sport proved the savior yeah and um, james is now a power lifter and he's got a gb on his vest i mean come on how good is yeah. that um and his daughter like sons and daughters do she's following dad so ella is coming in as well and she's going to tell us about her power lifting career so I, I you better be on best behavior because between them they'll lift you up onto the roof I don't, I don't know what ella's like but she should be damn proud of her dad exactly wednesday night nick Paulson's coming in from the rugby club nick's been in before nick instigated um the newark and southall mixed 15 that went down to twickenham if you recall can you remember that yeah, yeah. wonderful day when they played at twickenham well a last home match of the season the not quite replicating it but they're going for it they're going for it again so nick's going to come in on wednesday night um with i'm told somebody from southall which i'm not sure is the best idea that i've ever had four days after newark plays southall at rugby but mm. um that's going to be interesting but that's all for next week whatever you're doing in sport this week enjoy it do it with a smile on your face and if there's any officials listening let them play the sport that they want to play and you have a smile on your face as well and at the end of the day everybody including yourselves are going to be an awful lot happier from me and from tony night. <laughs>